Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail, where mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your breakthrough mixologist, Gary Ware. All right, welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail. My name is Gary Ware, your host, and today I have the very lovely Ginger Reichel from Pinstripe Marketing. Welcome, Ginger. Hi, thanks, Gary. Awesome. Ginger is a fellow member of the American Advertising Federation, and she agreed to tell her story uh, for us today and how she got to where she is. As I mentioned, she is the owner of Pinstripe Marketing. And Ginger, how about you just tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing and a little bit about Pinstripe? Sure. Um, Pinstripe Marketing, we're considered a full service agency, but what makes us a little bit different than most agencies, particularly here in Tampa Bay, is that most of the other agencies work on travel and tourism and hospitality and retail just because we're a, a travel market. We've separated ourselves quite a bit and we focus on professional services. And so we've got nerdy, nerdy clients in law and finance and healthcare and engineering and architecture, technology, uh, some really, really smart people, but we do really full service marketing for all of them. Oh, that is awesome. That's so good that you guys found your niche. And it wouldn't be a breakthrough cocktail podcast without talking about what we're drinking today. So what are you drinking today, Ginger? I've got uh, Diet Coke left over from lunch. <laughs> awesome. And myself, I am drinking tea that I got from a lunch as well, from Subway. And, Very nice. Uh, my wife said to say it is green tea with honey tea, to be very specific. Oh, wow. Fancy. All right. So <laughs> let's get started. Uh, okay. You've been owning your own agency for about 16 years, correct? Yes. Some of that was part-time. Some of it was full-time. Great. So let's rewind and let's talk about your journey and how you got there. So how about we start with college? You graduated with a degree in advertising, correct? Yes. And I was on that road for a very long time. I decided that I was going to own an ad agency when I was in the seventh grade. And uh, so I decided that I, if I wanted to be good at it, I might as well go study it and found one of the most competitive ad programs around, went and took every class that they offered and was on my way. Great. And so what made you want to jump into advertising at such a young age? It's actually, it's a cute little story. The The local paper, the St. Petersburg Times, every year they would run a design and ad contest where they would take their advertisers as sponsors, have kids design an ad for them. And if you won, your ad ended up in the Sunday paper. And so I participated and, and my client was like one of the local Buick dealerships and designed my little ad and ran to the paper that Sunday morning and opened it up and I didn't win. I wasn't in there. And from there, I was like, well, all right, if that's what I really want to do, I better go study. And would your parents supportive of this? Or are they in the similar field? They're not. My, my dad's kind of in engineering and my mom was in healthcare, And so, of course, they panicked and they're like, oh, she's never going to work a day in her life. She's never going to make any money. So <laughs> they were a little concerned, but they're they're over that now. Yeah. Well, you're a hustler. Um, and so you've you've had a, a really good role of just not being able, you know, being able to find a job without really trying. Can you really, or maybe not necessarily trying, <laughs> but without necessarily needing to get so much as, uh, assistance. Can you talk about that? Like from time sure. that you graduated and how you've been yeah. able to do that? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a habitual joiner. Um, if there is an organization with 
a membership list and dues, I'm in it. And uh, and that was true in college as well. So I was a member of the advertising club and uh, women in communications and the, the advertising or the communications honor society. So before I even graduated at Florida State, I joined Add to Tampa Bay because I knew I was going to be coming home. And as soon as I got here, got really involved. And way back then, before the internet, um, they didn't have job banks and things like that. So the local employers would contact uh, Add2 and say, do you have anyone that would fit these kinds of skills? And they kept our resumes on file, like physical hard copy resumes. And they would fax them and these things called fax machines to... to the employers to see if they could find someone that was a good fit. And I just got very lucky that after I got that very first job, every opportunity that I had after that was either a direct result of kind of the job bank, but then also just all of those people that I met and add to and and all of their connections and and just knowing me. And so I'm very, very lucky that I've never had to to look in the classified section. Oh, that is so awesome. If you can give our listeners just a few tips on networking, because I know everyone is looking to get that job. And yes, it is all about who you know. And if if you can just distill some advice. Yeah, you know, there's everyone's different, and you know, I'm obviously kind of an extrovert, and and I don't really have trouble talking to people. I've I've kind of never met a stranger, but um, so for me, getting involved in organizations and getting to know the folks, even for introverts, I think the best way to do that is to get involved on the board. Um, you know, whether that's volunteering on a committee or actually holding an office, then in those environments, you can step into it a little bit slower than showing up at some social and just going around and trying to shake everybody's hand and hand out a bunch of business cards. On a board, you can really show off your skills. So if you're a writer, you can volunteer for the, the communications committee. If uh, you're really organized, you can do the finance committee or membership. So, you know, networking not necessarily in the the cheesy going into a ballroom way, but in very strategically picking organizations and um, and meeting people that are going to be influential in that market. That's great. And along your journey, have you had any mentors that have helped you just shape to become who you have been? Yeah, probably less formally. Um, The one that I always reference uh, is a woman who owned her own agency here in Tampa Bay, had grown it from a spare bedroom or a kitchen table and slowly over time. And she grew it into one of the the largest agencies in the market. And she I, I met her when she was doing a panel discussion at one of those, you know, take your children to work, work life balance panel discussions. And she she just was really impressive and really smart and charming. And at the end of her part of the presentation, she said, if there's anybody in this room that is thinking about starting their own company, regardless of what kind it is, I'd be happy to help. And I was shocked that I was the only person that went up to her after the event. And uh, we connected and she was a tremendous help to me. And she gave me a lot of really, really great advice, not just about how to build an agency or how to work in advertising, but how to be um, a balanced professional. And um, unfortunately, she passed away a couple of years ago, but uh, she was really a fantastic mentor. Awesome. And balance, that's a big thing. And and that's always the topic of discussion. How do you balance your life, just being a professional and just trying to get that work-life balance? Yeah, I am very, very fortunate that I love what I do. And so I I get to do it at work. I also take it home with me. And the things that I'm interested in are kind of associated with what I do for a living. So I'm very, very lucky when it comes to that. 
but um, as I mentioned, I'm a habitual joiner, so I know that I have to turn it off sometimes. And so I'm finding distractions for myself. And whether that's travel or going to museums or uh, seeing a Broadway show, doing those kinds of things. But what I have found for me that is the most important thing for balance and that work-life balance is protecting my sleep. I am not a morning person at all. (laughs) And so when people are like, hey, you want to meet for coffee at seven o'clock in the morning? I was like, no, I do not. (laughs) But I'll meet you for a cocktail after work. Um, So protecting my sleep and getting those hours in, make sure that I'm still fresh and that I can, you know, work towards achieving some kind of a balance. Uh, That's great. So just going more on your journey, uh, can you just talk about maybe the first couple of jobs and how you've transitioned and realized that, you know, you were ready to move from job to job? So I mentioned the design and ad contest with the St. Pete Times. Um, Actually, my first job when I got back from school was at the St. Petersburg Times. And uh, I I got a job in the classified advertising department. So again, pre-internet, people would call in and we would type in their little ads. And so I spent a year typing in lost dog, used love seat, used car ads. And so, I mean, as you can imagine, my brain was turning to oatmeal. But I took the opportunity to volunteer for every special project there was, every training they offered. They had a Toastmasters group um, in the building that would meet you know, every week or every couple of weeks, made sure I got involved in that, became president of that organization. So I took the opportunities of working in a big organization like that. Um, and... Fortunately, they recognized that and I was able to get promoted into an account manager position and ultimately a national account executive position before I left. But um, yeah, that was that was kind of a struggle. But, you know, using those things to overcome them uh, worked out well. And a lot of the people I met there are still very good friends. And so now you own your own agency. And can you talk about that uh, of the point where you said, you know what, I'm ready to do my own thing and how you started to transition into that? It, it, a lot of it happened by accident. Um, after I left the Times, I went. Um, I was recruited to work for um, one of the largest uh, law firms in the country, actually in the world, and as their um, the person responsible for the printed materials. So whether it was the brochures or the announcements, the invitations, things like that, newsletters that that came in print. And three months after I started, my boss decided that she was going to leave. And I was heartbroken because I really wanted to work from her and learn from her. And um, But she left and the managing partner of the firm called me and said, hey, can you do that job? And in the whole fake it till you make it you know, mentality, I was like, yes, I can. And he's like, great, promoted. So I'm 26 years old in a corner office at a big fancy law firm making more money than I ever thought I would. and was stressed out. I, within a year, I I was having migraines. I had ulcers. (laughs) It was just, it was a really bad situation. However, what I learned there was that there were very few law firms or or, uh, agencies, advertising agencies, marketing firms that understood how to work with lawyers and professional services. So it was that that showed me the gap in the marketplace and said, oh, you know, now that I know this law stuff, Maybe I can execute that and use that as a launching pad for the agency. And so I ended up leaving um, and trying it out for about six months, realized very quickly that I was too young, too dumb, had no idea how to actually run a company and um, got very lucky that um, one of the world's largest computer distributors called and said, we want to build this in-house ad agency. Would you like to do that? I said, yes, please. Awesome. So, uh, 
had uh, was able to get that experience. But it was that that gap in the marketplace that let me know that no, oh, maybe this is the right way to go. Did you get that connection to jump over? And that was um, was it tech data, correct? Mm -hmm, that's right. Did you get that through your connections? They just happened to know that? Absolutely. The hiring manager that wanted to build that in-house agency was good friends with one of the people on the board of Ad2. He's sort of mentioned in passing, you know, like, I, I would love, really love to do this. This is a project, but, you know, I don't know anyone with the skill set to be able to implement it and the ambition to kind of kick through the doors that you have to do in an organization like that. And she said, I know somebody. And uh, we met. The job hadn't wasn't even posted. Um, and we hit it off. And seven years later, we, we built the, the firm. Awesome. And so what was your initial position when you got brought in? So at Tech Data, uh, project manager or program manager, I think. And um, so I ran what was then the, the TD agency program. And now their entire marketing department is called TD agency, which I think is pretty cool. And my little department's called TD agency classic, which I just get a kick out of. <laughs> that's, that's so great that you got to build that legacy. Yeah. Um, so if you have any tips on just navigating a corporation, because I know a lot of younger professionals, especially fresh out of school, they don't get that insider knowledge on, on how to sort of navigate. If, if there's any sort of knowledge that you can share, that would be great. Well, yeah, I mean, every organization is different and, you know, depending on the size and, and my entire experience has always been in really, really big companies. And so, you know, even in college, I worked for Sears. I interned at Disney. Then I came back to the Times and then Holland and Knight and Tech Data. So there's these big behemoth organizations. So there were a lot of layers and the hierarchy was very defined. And so you could look at an org chart and see where you fell and what the path of communication should be. But the very first, you know, company or small company that I'm working for is the one that I'm trying to run. So I'm still learning a lot as well. But, um, you know, I think, and, and my husband works in, in a large uh, agency. They've got about, I think, 500 people now or so. Or, um, and what they're finding, particularly with the young folks, is that they come in and they're still on that sort of semester timeline that every four or five months they want something new. And when am I going to get promoted? And when am I going to get my... So a lot of that is just kind of pulling back on the reins a little bit and finding opportunities where you can inject you know, how the knowledge that you're building, the curiosity that you have, the fact that you still want to be a student, but it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, sort of a linear trajectory on whatever that next step is, that there are a lot of things going on in organizations of all size that you can say, "Ooh, I want a piece of that. Can I volunteer on that committee? And those are some of the things that you can do to, to, to navigate a little bit um, and making sure that people know you. Um, in a respectful, patient way, instead of being entitled and and uh, you know, kind of forceful about it. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So now you own your own agency, and I am pretty sure it wasn't all you know the the glory days. Can you talk about uh, <laughs> maybe some of the moments when you real uh, when you maybe thought to yourself, maybe I need to just pull back and and jump to something else, and how you overcame that. Well, I mean, really start starting out and then that six month period where I was like, ooh, I don't know what I'm doing yet. And so with the experience with tech data and learning the parts that I didn't really know, I was always confident in my marketing ability, but I knew nothing about finance. I didn't know anything about, you know, organizational management and business development and sales and, you know, the things that you need to really run a, a company. And so I was very, very fortunate to learn those things with a Fortune 100 safety net. And so after that, 
I'm a very conservative person. And so it's like, I want to take little baby steps. I'm not a risk taker when it comes to those things. So Pinstripe started in a spare bedroom and I had, you know, a computer and my cell phone and off we went. And, but coming from those big organizations, it was like, oh, call IT, call finance, call HR. And you're like, shoot, that's me. (laughs) So being able to be resourceful and find answers um, was a a struggle in the beginning because I didn't want to, you know, spend the money on an accountant or some IT support. And the, but you know, over time, I was like, you know what? This is not the best use of my time and my skill set. I'm going to have to let it go and let the professionals do what they do. Awesome. And along your way, I'm pretty sure you've had just moments of failure and you've overcome those. Can you maybe speak to something in, uh, along those lines and, and how you were able to just bounce back? Yeah, I mean, I think... One of my favorite quotes from Mad Men is uh, Don Draper says, you know, the, the minute that you land a client is the day you start losing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that is very, very true. And we've been very lucky. We haven't lost a lot of clients. But over time, as the level of our work has increased and the level of our clients have increased, some of our smaller clients, um, you know, they're, they're not a good good fit anymore. And I had a hard time letting go and maybe having that difficult conversation with some of of them that they really weren't the right fit. And so I always tried to find someone and place them with somebody else and kind of nurture them along. And and a lot of our clients, you know, this was probably four or five years ago, they they really weren't happy with the services they were getting because we had outgrown them or one reason or another. So there there was a struggle there for a while with some pretty unhappy folks. And, you know, we just had to work to figure out how we could do that transition. And so finding those resources that we could pass them along to people that we trusted, that we could physically introduce them to. Um, it was it was a nice way to, to, to get to that next level. Yeah, I can only imagine that's probably tough. <laughs> just like with any good relationship, you know, breaking yeah. things off is, is always hard. Well, especially when, you know, in, in this environment where a lot of these clients, they took a risk on us as much as we took a risk on them. And they're the ones that helped us get to the level where we were. And so I never wanted to feel like we were abandoning them or anything else that we wanted to make sure that we respected that relationship because you know, we wouldn't have been able to, to succeed without them. And so how many people do you have on staff? Do you have a number of full-time employees or part-time? Yeah, a couple full-time employees, some some part-time, and we've been able because of our our um, the industries that we work with that it, they're so specialized that we want to make sure that we can find some contract folks that know those industries. And so I can't train everyone on law and architecture and engineering and technology and how nonprofits operate. So we try to find, particularly in the writing and PR spaces. Find folks that already know those industries and know the, the lingo and the jargon to be able to jump in quickly and really spend the time in those billable hours searching for what makes those clients different and what differentiates them in their marketplace and what makes their clients a little bit different. Um, so we have a lot of contract and freelance folks that we use. Gotcha. And since you want to get the best, what sort of characteristics do you look for in, in hiring someone that is going to be brought onto your team? Something that I'm really looking for in all cases is curiosity and ambition. There's a lot of things that I can teach and we've got a really great team that, you know, we're a family and so we're going to help one another as much as we can, but I can't teach curiosity and that, that passion to remain a student and continue to learn things. And I sure cannot uh, teach ambition or that, 
passion to be able to go and, and do something else. And so those are the things that I really look for. Um, you have to be a good writer. And I think that that's something that I'm having a harder time finding these days that I kid you not, I got a response to a position that I had available. I want to, the number two, interview with you, the letter U. Wow. I didn't even know how to respond to that. Yes, I know. You know, it's like, okay, you're applying for a communications agency. You might want to show me some communication skills. So those are the things that are absolutely critical. Everything else, it's it's about if you're a good fit or not. Cool. Sounds good. All right, we're going to jump into the lightning round. And I'm going to ask Ginger some questions that I've been asking all of the other guests on Breakthrough Cocktail. First question, when you were a kid, what do you want to be? What did you want to be when you grew up? Was it always in advertising or was there something maybe when you were younger that you wanted to be? Uh, that is the only thing I ever remember. I mean, I remember like my brother at one point wanted to be a penguin. And <laughs> <laughs> there were all my friends seemed to want, you know, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be, you know, I don't remember ever having anything else in my head until I realized that that advertising was even a, a job that I could do that. The, the things that I see on the Super Bowl, that that's even, you get paid for that. It was pretty cool. Awesome. And do you have any hobbies that you like to do or things that you like to do for fun? I'm very lucky that my job is fun. <laughs> but like I, I mentioned, yeah, I'm trying to pull away and to find more room for hobbies. And so um, I like to travel. Uh, I love museums. I, I go to the museum in every city I go to. And uh, I'm a big Broadway musical nerd, so awesome. I see pretty much every show that comes to town. Cool. So what's one of your favorites? Wicked, by far. Yeah, such a great show. My, <laughs> it's one of my wife's favorite shows as well. It's the best. I think I've seen it nine times. Somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah. And does it get better every time? Every time. Gives me goosebumps every time. <laughs> so good. Do you have any morning rituals? I, I know you're not a morning person, but... I'm not a morning... Per- yeah. So by morning rituals, you mean like noon rituals? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. A lot of it, honestly, is sleep and and really protecting that. I am not one of those get out of bed and have a cup of coffee, have a, you know, I'm out of bed, you know, in the shower, getting dressed off to work or whatever that first meeting is that there's there's no morning ritual. I want to sleep to that very last minute. So since you are the owner of your own company and we are in a very fast paced industry, how do you keep on top of the latest uh, trends? Are there certain publications that you subscribe to or how do you make sure that you're up to date? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of social media. And so what I really like about that is it allows you to skim very quickly. And I'm a headline reader and a bullet reader. And so social media is perfect for me for that. Um, I also just recently started implementing Evernote. And so I'm I'm finding things on the web and I'm just organizing them and putting them over there for later. <laughs> so I don't feel like I have to waste my, or waste my time and really sit and read something, especially the longer stuff um, right off the bat. But awesome. yeah, so, social is good for me. Great. But I'm, I'm still a, a, a traditional media person too. And so I, I love you know a, a newspaper and really smart editorial and feature writing and those kinds of things. Uh, that is great. Last few questions. First question. Is there a quote or a series of quotes that you like to live your life by? My favorite quote, and, and I've always seen it attributed as a, as a Chinese proverb, is those who say it cannot be done should not interrupt the person doing it. And I love that. And I've never been one to listen to anyone say, oh, you can't do that or that can't be done or why are you even bothering? Um, 
like I mentioned, I'm a pretty conservative person. And so I've already done my research before I just jump in to, to try anything. And so if you're telling me no, I'm going to say, yeah, watch me. Um, but there's another one that I've, that I just recently saw that really spoke to me is something like uh, an entrepreneur or being an entrepreneur is spending a few of your years like, like most people won't. So you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. Uh, and I think that that really speaks to that hustle that goes into building a business and, and doing the things and working the hours and having the stress and, and the risk taking that it takes to be an entrepreneur in order to have some security and sense of accomplishment for the rest of your life. That's great. And then the last question is, if you can give one tip to our listeners that they can do to help them find their passion and live a better life, what would that be? That's a great question. I say yes. You know, that we all we get a lot of opportunities where people ask us to do something or to participate or to attend an event or to meet someone or to pick your brain that if you can find the reasons or make yourself say yes, then th the best opportunities will come. But balancing that with the ability to say no, that when you say no to the things that aren't a good fit, that you're really saying yes to yourself. And that can really create a, a really great balance and open yourself up to some really great experiences. Awesome. Well, thank you for saying yes to be on, on, on my show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And so before I let you go, um, how about you just let everyone know how they can get in touch with you um, or if they want to find more about uh, Pinstripe Marketing, where should they go? So pinstripemarketing.com is our website, but uh, as I mentioned, we're all over social. So on Facebook and LinkedIn and Google Plus, you can just look for Pinstripe Marketing and find us. Awesome. Sounds good. I'll leave a uh, link to those in the show notes. All right. Well, Ginger, thank you again so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Gary. And audience, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.breakthroughcocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the insider newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome.